Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. Oh, Vince. Uh-oh. Uh, is, yeah. that, is that the excited uh, squeal of a palindrome episode? Oh, it is, man. I get so hyped. <sighs> Maybe we'll show notes palindrome. Just I really want to hammer the definition of palindrome home for people. Same forwards as it is backwards, race car being a great example of that. But it can be numerical as well. For example, with episode 88. Oh, baby. 88 with none other than John Naster of Hack the Entrepreneur fame. Uh, It is a platform. It is a podcast. And it is the title of his recently published book, Hack the Entrepreneur. Uh, and he joined us to talk about something uh, kind of high and tight, right in the wheelhouse, uh, hacking. Yeah, man. And the irony, as we pointed out in the episode, was that it's sort of deceptive. It, it seems like it's like a surefire way to point B, but really it's uh, it's his way of opening up the door to you and, and letting you find your own way. So I thought, man, John Astor was incredibly thoughtful, genuine, and smart. Extremely wise, and I think it was really cool the way that he is kind of taking over what is sometimes a dirty word in the in the world of headlines and you know self-help hacking and he really makes it something genuine and meaningful (sighs) shouts out to john for a delightful episode and shouts out to this week's sponsor who are probably familiar with uh, the term hacking and the ones and the zeros involved wouldn't you say so vince (laughs) i think that's i think that's a spot-on description thank you that is squarespace uh squarespace you've probably heard us talk about them before but They help people make beautiful websites, get their ideas out in the world. In fact, our website at 10khrs.co is built on Squarespace, and it has been for a couple years now, and we absolutely adore it. It's easy to use. So intuitive, so straightforward, and it cannot be overstated. Really good looking. It really is good looking. I know we don't want to get too caught up in the aesthetics here, but... Hey, Squarespace. <laughs> uh, use our offer code 10,000 hours. That's one zero 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 zero. That You got it. No, I did it. H O U R S. Man, I thought there was an extra zero there. Sometimes it's just like you start saying the zeros and then you kind of lose track you of them. But I did nail up. it. So 10,000 hours. Uh, and that'll get you 10% off your subscription to Squarespace, which I would highly recommend. 10% free just for punching in the code off a already very affordable and useful service makes a lot of sense. So thank you to Squarespace for your ongoing support. Thank you, John Naster, for joining us and for a great episode. And thank you guys for listening this week and every week. Hope you enjoy episode 88, Hacking. Ooh, 88 is a palindrome. I will say I'm nervous for the first part of our show because <laughs> the, your show description literally says <laughs> none of the like fluff of like what's your, what was your last week like, <laughs> which is a se- which is exactly what our show starts with. Whew. 
Hey, Vince. Grant, hey, what's up? It's a bit of an allusion to what's to come. And <laughs> and that and that little joke is going to pay off in, in a mere minute or two, I have to imagine. You know, it's perfect for our instant gratuity sort of lifestyle as millennials. Isn't that true? And I feel like our show is a testament to that because a lot of the jokes that I've been making, it doesn't seem like they land, but uh, in another hundred episodes, you'll get them. Like, they'll be super funny. It's sort of long-form comedy. Sort of a clockwork orange-style forced repetition, brainwashing humor. Yeah, I I think I I like the term long-form comedy better. But, um, (laughs) Vinny, could you uh, do me a favor? Yeah. Anything, Grant. It's interesting that you would commit to that before hearing what the favor is. I just uh, feel like you that's... Know, we're close. We've, we are I've, close. I've helped you out before. You know, I'm, I'm happy to do it again. I feel like you were about to say, I've helped you move, which is essentially <laughs> the greatest testament to, of friendship and loyalty uh, that there ever could be. That was a grind last time. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, Vince, do me a favor. Tell me, what are you working on? What do you put your time into? Uh, pretty busy at the office, catching up after a little bit of a vacay, uh, putting some time in um, the great clients of Excelsior Brewing Company and Evolving Solutions, which is a tech IT uh, sort of infrastructural solutions company. I love clients like this, and that's not sarcastic, because (laughs) I am forced to learn about an industry about which I am completely ignorant. So that's, uh, it's always fun to me, because I'll leave... Uh, I mean, famously, we once had a client called Tetra Pak that was about cheese waste byproduct repurposing factories. And, and every college student has taken that class. Uh, their first <laughs> you know, day. I took 101 and 102 uh, in college, but no. Uh, so I, I got to learn about that stuff. Didn't think it would be interesting. Turned out to be inter- interesting. So hmm. I like that sort of thing. That's what's keeping me busy, though, Grant. May I flip the question to you and ask you? Flip you it do? over, brother. Flip it over. Uh, managing Your a bunch thumbs. of... <laughs> Okay, uh, managing a bunch of artists right now all over the world, which is super dope uh, for Death to Stock, and that's been a real blast. Uh, besides that, I actually have a new website that has been designed for a bit, but we're kind of going into dev right now. Super excited about that. Working with a couple of real talented people. Maybe we'll show notes to them. That's uh, Matt Blizzle, who I believe you know. I do, I and, do. And Ms. Claire O'Neill, who you may... I don't know her, but okay, it sounds cool. like I'd like to meet her. You absolutely would. Anyway, working on that stuff, super exciting, super pumped. And Vince, I think this is the part where my joke pays off. I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting, wringing my hands. Okay, okay. Well, today we're finally back to the guest grind. Uh, our last episode was, was a delightful hostful, and, nice. and that was fun. It was fun, but it's nice to have a guest, have somebody else to bounce it back and forth with, and it seems like a good segue into a re-entry into the guest world would be someone sort of close to our, I don't want to say geographic location, but perhaps attitude, the north, the great, great north, Vince. Solitude of former Scandinavia. You know, the vast expanses of tundra. Yes, I think so. Absolutely. And today we are joined by Canada's very own Mr. John Naster. Uh, and I hope he corrects me if I pronounce that wrong. But uh, he uh, is the runner, the runner, <laughs> the founder of uh, HackTheEntrepreneur.com. He's got a show, a podcast where he's uh, uh, talking to entrepreneurs and quote unquote hacking them. And I'm sure we're going to get into that. And I believe he has a forthcoming book. I don't know if it's, is it physically out yet? I have not read it, but I hope to hear about it. Welcome to the show, Mr. John. 
Oh, thanks, man. You totally got my name right. It's you know totally. what it is. It's because of the region. I know I know how to pronounce things. Here. It's true. It's true. I'd consider you a southerner, but we're still northern, I guess. We very most. very much are. And you are calling from Thunder Bay, Canada. Is that correct? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Directly north of you. Yeah, I mean, we should get a ruler out and check, but I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, uh, Mr. Nestor, for joining us and uh, a fellow podcaster. Um, which is always exciting for us. Podcasting is a passion that we didn't know we had when we started, and we kind of came in too blind. So we'll be anxious to get your thoughts on not only the the content, but the medium as well, I'm sure. And your book, Hack the Entrepreneur, is that it's it's out now, right? Yeah, totally. Okay. came out like December 14th or something. Jeez. Oh. Nice. Good I mean, it's checking. pretty recent, right? I yeah, mean, it's pretty you know, recent. I mean, within recent. a couple months. I mean. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a couple months old, man. That's it. Well, you, know what it old. you know what it was? I think in the intro email that I got, it said forthcoming, and it was forthcoming at the time. And then we circled back months later. Oh, so that's yeah. exciting. And such is, such is the nature of these uh, developing, you know, scheduling the podcast and these relationships. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, it is. Hey, Vinny, do you have a question for Mr. Naster? You know, as it turns out, I do, Grant, uh, Mr. Naster, if you'd be so kind as to answer us, what have you been putting your time into recently? What have you been working on? Oh, man, I've been I've been podcasting like crazy. Um, this is, uh, I think, the seventh interview I've done today um, on, like, either side of the microphone or else just, like, straight recording with a co-host. Wait. Now I just feel sort of guilty. D- dirty. Seven? Yeah, I started at 9 a.m. I did the showrunner recording um, till 10, and then I did four Hack the Entrepreneur interviews. Showrunner? I did a webinar for the showrunner, and now I'm back here. What is the showrunner? The showrunner is a podcast by Copyblogger Media. Um, Uh, I'm the the co-host on it um, with Jared Morris. It's our show. um, And yeah, and then we teach people. We have a course built around it as well, but we do that once a week. Um, cool. And then, so that's where I started this morning. W- welcome. I feel like, <laughs> I yeah, so it's awesome, man. No, we'll finish strong, yeah? This is like... this is. You don't have more set up for after this, do you? No, not at all, man. I typically don't do them really in the evening even, but you guys asked for the evening, so I was like, yeah, of course. That's our vibe. I mean, Vin, Vinny hey, has thanks. a nine to five, and so we schedule them in the evening. And frankly, it's like better, I think. It's just like a nicer way to approach it. I feel like, at least from our perspective or my perspective, when when I'm doing those sort of things during the day, sometimes it can feel like it's like eating up work time, even if it is work, hmm. you know? So I, I, I like it. We like to have relaxed conversations, so we like having it at a more relaxed time in the day. Okay. Yeah, and that's why I was like all over it when you asked me. Oh, I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I literally right now that I'm supposed to be playing video games with my daughter, oh. um, but oh. she's out. What are other. you guys playing recently? Right now we're playing. We just finished the Cave. It was called for Xbox, um, and now we moved on to. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. We just bought it. And we're like, hmm. crap! I can't remember. That's okay. I want to. Yeah, I can't remember. That's it's really a, good though. That's a really cool way to I like build the relationship and probably communicate and it's like a participatory thing well done it is yeah it's fun I but now s- i get to do this with you yeah that's cool well s- sorry daughter <laughs> <laughs> we've replaced you <laughs> man oh man okay so i was pretty curious if i'm gonna be frank with you uh i feel like well first 
when people reach out in general, and so uh, someone else had recommended you as a guest, and I feel like when people reach out, it's it's like usually less of a hit for us. I would say like it, it's a smaller percentage of people that we're excited to have on because it's just like we're not naturally drawn to it. But um, when this person reached out, I was like, oh wow, I'm really intrigued by by this person with being you, this person X. And this person, why you being why in this scenario? So we are facts. Basically, we were excited to have you on once we. Read yes, a bunch, yes, a bunch. but no, no. But I want to give more context. So I am also like, I find myself to be somewhat wary of of even the language around your book and your website, and I feel like that's like sometimes I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure about that. It feels a little bit off. But then you know you dig deeper in with these people and you find them to be super, super. Uh, interesting, and, and I feel like the context is different. I'm sure we're going to dig into this. I'm trying to think of another example. Uh, what's his name? Is it Jason Zook? Jason yep. Zook, yeah. Yes, he was. A, he's another case where it's like my very, very initial read is like, ooh, I don't know. But then you dig a little bit deeper into the content and then into the person, and you realize like there's there's a totally different level of of whatever we want to call it. Sorry, that was somewhat vague, but the reason was because uh, it's pertinent to the topic. Is it not, Vince? It certainly is. Uh, being that your show is under the Hack the Entrepreneur platform and your book is titled Hack the Entrepreneur, but some out there, some, and I'm not saying Grant or myself, some might see uh, the word hack as a little bit of a, um, it's a signal word, it's a popular word uh, in today's entrepreneurial and internet culture, I would say. Uh, and sometimes it can be in the form of life hack or job hack, and sometimes it can be used in some ways overused. We are excited because it seems like you have a really genuine approach to this idea, and we're hoping that you can at least kick the conversation off with what you mean when you say hacking something in specific, hacking the entrepreneur. Yeah, it's a great question, Um, and I think... I think on the surface, actually probably even fairly deep, I feel the exact same way as you do mm-hmm. about the word hack. Um, but also, as you said, how it's kind of a buzzword. It's kind of a popular thing right now. It's kind of a thing that people look for. So really, the reason why I approached it was from a branding perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to create a show. I, like, I love podcasting, but I don't like podcasting to no one. So I wanted to podcast to a lot of people. I was originally going to be two years ago, around now, I was originally going to be podcasting, starting this show with a co-host who lives in Australia, but he ended up just like, brilliant guy, great friend, but he, lots of ideas and smart, but doesn't like, he likes to take action, but not, I don't know, it didn't work out. But he had come up with the name Hack the Entrepreneur, we were literally just on a Skype, I was on Skype just walking, um, and he had come up with the idea, and then he's like, Hack the Entrepreneur. And I was like, yeah, but there's no way that's available as a domain. So as like somebody who works on the web, one of the hardest things is finding that name that's good and then that there's a domain available that you don't have to pay $10,000 for. Um, and Hack the Entrepreneur existed. And I bought it immediately when I got home and I hesitated for like two months on it because I hated the name, but I loved the idea sort of of it and I knew that it would be that it would work really well mm-hmm. and that it was kind of a valuable I mean the funny the have. funny thing is like our name and idea is not so far off it's like an existing concept that's like in the lexicon and 
So, yeah, so I, I totally understand the branding perspective. 10,000 Hours is a brilliant name, man. Oh, thanks. But I also, wow, like, 10,000 Hours and the Malcolm Gladwell, like, it's been done, right? Exactly, and, but, yeah. But when that email came with your name and that, as soon as I saw 10,000 Hours, I was like, that's brilliant. Like, you guys know what you're doing. That's cool. All of a sudden, to me, it was, there was a level of something there where it wasn't like, um, it wasn't Vincent Grant's talk at night over coffee. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, god damn, like another one of those? Like, I don't really want to take 8.30 at night to do that show, totally. unfortunately. But like 10,000 hours, putting in your time. It, you guys know what you're doing. Um, so really, it's that. And then I worked hard to, um, at the same time, then separate it from life hacking and all that kind yeah. of crap that I just am not into. I'm really not. I've been very vocal about not being into it leading up to there. So I couldn't all of a sudden be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to. Um, but I did want to figure out a way to keep people engaged throughout the course of the show um, and make them sort of pay attention and turn it into sort of like a game. So if you listen to my show, um, then at the end, I do what's called the hack. And I pull out one, either like five second to 50 second clip from something my guest says, and I replay it with like sound effects around it. And then I do like a short, quote unquote, little discussion on that idea to kind of keep people. And I get like emails daily from people like arguing with me about that wasn't the hack this was the hack and to me that's what I needed I needed something in there and so it all made sense in that capacity of creating a show so rather than creating a show exactly for me that I wanted and thought was the coolest thing ever I was making a show for hundreds of thousands of people hopefully that would love this show and would be able to pay attention and learn and get something from it so I wanted it kind of for me but I was really creating it for an audience that I knew existed around hacking and entrepreneurship. That is a, such a great, I, I hesitate to call it a defense of the idea, but because it wasn't an offense in the first place, but it's such a great, succinct and pragmatic description for, yeah, perhaps it is in today's, you know, greater cultural perspective, not the sexiest name of all time, but I respect so much the fact that you took a word with a lot of cultural credence already and made it your own thing, and made it a genuine and cool thing. Uh, so in a way, it's, I mean, I think it's even better than some, like, over-the-top clever name, <laughs> like 10,000 Hours or something, uh, but <clears> the, fa- <laughs> the fact that you you kind of, like, turned hack from something, you know, who, that has a lot of different meanings, a lot of offshoots, into something meaningful for your listeners uh, is something to be respected, I think. Yeah, man. I, and again, it, it is when you get a little bit deeper. I am sort of reminded of... Uh, Seth Godin was on Tim Ferriss's podcast recently. I don't know if you listen to Tim's show at all. I do. Yeah. Um, and I've sort of had a weird relationship, not personally with Tim, but with the idea of Tim Ferriss, where it's like, at, at, a, at a certain point in my, because I've been following him and I've been reading his stuff for a while, but I was like, I was like, it felt a little bit like, uh, I don't know. I just, it felt like a little bit too, uh, too much about the hack. Right. And mm-hmm. Um, Seth identified, I've kind of come around on that already, but Seth identified something when he was on his show. He was saying, you know, Tim, I think, uh, this whole like efficiency optimization thing is like the way in for a lot of people. And when people get in, then that's where the growth happens and where they realize it's about more than that. Right. I mean that, cause that is really the reality of a lot of, a lot of like life hacking and that stuff or just hacking, whatever we want to call it is, uh, is you you want to 
open the door for someone, but you can't tell them that you have all the answers to success or to weight loss or to anything, right? It's just like opening someone's eyes. So I, I think that it seems like that's the perspective you're coming from too. And that's really cool. It's cool to hear. Nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> in, yeah. What is the form it's, of it's podcaster true. to podcaster nuts? Do we like hit our heads against the microphone? <laughs> what? I mean, I'm going to try not. it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I actually that's a, did it. That's a great, another great, well, I guess it's audio this time. Usually we stick to strictly physical. Mostly visual. visual jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would like to ask you, um, we, we've kind of tiptoed around it so far. How do you describe? <laughs> how do you describe <laughs> hacking in your own personal worldview? In I mean, in my own worldview, I don't really, but I put it into a perspective of a show. So what I've done, and it's it's evolved since episode two hundred came out today, um, and so First it's evolved. Of all, wow, congratulations! That is a lot of episodes. Thanks. Um, and so it's evolved, but I, I ask the exact same first question to everybody. Um, and there's kind of like four other questions that get asked. And then there's a follow-up to each based on what's happening in the conversation and where we want to go. But the idea was that um, I'm literally – so when you get on a show and I kind of pre-call you for five minutes or whatever, it's – I don't want like – when I ask you a question about business or about mindset or about projects, don't give me the answer of what you should do. Give me the answer of what you actually do. My job is to ask the same question to 200 different smart, smart entrepreneurs doing wildly different things around the world um, with the, the only changing variable being the actual entrepreneur themselves. And the idea isn't so that my listener can listen to all 200 episodes and obviously go in 200 different directions. That's ridiculous. But the idea is to kind of gain hopefully an essence of what um, what sort of crosses the line between the guests that kind of align closest with you and what you want to do. Or if this person or these 25 people are kind of three steps ahead of you, what's something that like, what do they think? How do they determine projects? What are they thinking about with marketing? Those kinds of things, you know what I mean? So it's not so that you can just grab them and like, now I'm going to be a master marketer. It's like, no, it's really to show that you can do you can basically get to where you want to go almost doing anything you want because I've asked this first question 200 times. I've never had the same answer, which shocks me. I thought for sure that after, I mean, 20, it'd be like, oh, okay, we're repeating. We got to change something. Um, but 200 people all wildly successful in their own ways, whatever. Some people work from a laptop with no employees. Some people have a thousand employees. Um, it doesn't matter. It's however you define what it is you want to do. But it's really interesting that you can do that in any way that you want. You can do that from anywhere you want and you can do that with sleeping in till 11 o'clock in the morning. You can do that with people who I wake up at 4 a.m. every day and I go straight to the gym. Next guy's like, it hasn't been to the gym in 13 years. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter. It's not really about that. It's not about those quote unquote hacks. So really the hack is, is that you have to do what's best for you at this very moment in time. Um, Hopefully hear what other people do, take things in, maybe maybe in like three months when it's time to try something new for yourself because you feel self-aware enough to be like, okay, I need to figure out how to become more productive. It's like, well, I heard those people say that they tried that and it worked well. Maybe I'll try that. Maybe that'll help me now. 
but and still know that that's going to be kind of fluid and adjust. Um, but there's like there's no definitive. I can't tell you to wake up at five thirty tomorrow morning, and if you work till this time, and then you take a break and drink this protein shake and do this and drink butter coffee at this time, that you're going to be yeah. successful. It's total crap. <laughs> and that's that's not the point. The idea is that we're just all human beings going through not only business and doing cool stuff, but we're also going through life um, where things come at us from every direction that we have no control over. Some we do, some we don't. Um, and so it's the idea of just, I think, just hopefully showing this and explaining that you're not born as an entrepreneur and somebody willing to do cool things. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of just step up and do it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully from 200 people that you can at least see some glimmer of yourself in some of these people and be like, wow, they're doing it. I can do it too. That's like really my goal of the show is to just humanize entrepreneurship to everyone else who just looks at us doing cool stuff and wishes that they could also do it. Yeah, I don't think you're far off from, from what we're trying to do in general too. It's a demystifying what is perceived as a high level of success when really it's, it's mostly just like hard work, but then it's like also like philosophies and mindsets and there are lessons that can be uh, learned and you can, you can be more efficient by listening to those things or at the very least get inspired, hopefully. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to what educate, entertain or inspire people in some way or else they're going to stop listening. But, but it's not so that I can like, I have a show that comes up Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I hope that you don't listen to a show on Monday, get go in one direction from that guest, and then Tuesday completely change direction, and Thursday again. Like that would be ridiculous. Mm. For me to even say that that's the idea of the show, um, it's just to really ask those same questions to two hundred different people, and hopefully, kind of just take the person almost out of it if you can, and just show that this any way you want to do this in a thousand different ways and like a million or infinite different combinations can still lead you to where you want to go Mm -hmm. Um, but there's still sort of overarching things like confidence confidence in yourself not all the time but at least confidence enough in your ideas to launch them those kind of things really do sort of carry through the guests Um, when I ask them a question they don't like just like well I don't really know they have like answers they have answers to stuff I mean just the idea of being definitive and decisive is a huge overarching theme of 200 guests at all levels of success or whatever you want to call it. Um, Being decisive is really important and I hope to instill that into my audience. Now, I don't care what you're decisive about or what those decisions are, but being decisive or indecisive are two things that will stop you from doing anything cool Mm -hmm. and and really help you actually do cool things. Am I crazy in in interpreting this and and reacting to this in a way that I feel like the message you're you're kind of perpetuating through these conversations is very much an anti-hack in a way. You're all yeah. about collecting information on a grand scale, carefully from a wide variety of different viewpoints, about putting in the time, about understanding really the motivating reasons why people are successful. That is kind of everything that a hack in the traditional kind of gamified sense isn't, right? A hack is a shortcut success that's hack is called a hack because you know it goes it circumvents the normal means of success but the, the way you're presenting this is like very holistic in in a way 
there's no shortcut, man. Um, and there's Hack the Entrepreneur gets people in the door. It's a brand that catches attention and brings people in. Um, I think it's the reason why I've had like millions of downloads um, because it brings people in. And I'm sure a ton of people don't listen to a second one because it's not me telling them exactly what to do and how to hack. It's me being like, dude, you got to step up and do this stuff. That's really what this is. What's the hack? Oh, the hack is the person worked for like 10,000 hours at this thing to get good at it. Yeah. And they failed a hundred times on the way, except they almost quit, but they didn't. And at 101, they now have this wildly successful business. You want to look at it. You want me to tell you that this is the only thing they've ever done and they're wildly successful. But no, I'm going to tell you about the 13 years they spent getting here <laughs> and how like their girlfriends left them, how they lost their house twice, how like everybody around them told them they were insane and that they should just get a job like the rest of us. But I'm not because <laughs> that's part of it. And that's part of life. And that's part of the excitement. That's part of the fun of all of this. I don't Dude, totally. Like, that's it, man. It's, it's, it, it, well, yeah. I mean, this <laughs> if is, if you a, listen to even <laughs> one of my episodes, you're going to, people, I think that's where I would lose people is that they're going to realize that I'm not a hacker. I just, I happen to have a name that caught their attention. Absolutely, man. Which I think is the idea of a good name. I, that is, a, that is the idea of a good name. And I think that is also the ethos we have here. And really, it's, it's something that's, it's really important to us. I feel like it's become more important to us as we've done the show and, and started to understand even deeper that, uh, there are, uh, certainly through lines through, through some of these guests and through their stories. But yeah, ultimately it is about the fucking journey, right? I mean, and, and if you were trying to truly, truly hack, that is hollow and that is not very satisfying. I think really it's like when you get at like the, say the 90th percentile that some of these like, tips and tricks are really, really, really effective. But until you've like put in the time and laid like a really strong foundation, a lot of this stuff is like really just, um, it's almost like a carrot to keep you going along because you need to, and we don't argue about the idea of 10,000 actual hours, but again, it really is like, I think some of these things can be a good, good carrot for someone at, at a thousand hours to keep them moving because it feels like progress. And, and really, ultimately, it is about putting in your time all the way through and finding at least some joy within that. Totally. I think that's one of the, the biggest reasons why I'm, like, really coming around to love the name of, of your entire platform, your show specifically, and your book specifically, uh, because it's, like, in a way... It's kind of ironic. It's making, yeah, <laughs> and it's making me reflect on the, the name of our own show. We I don't know how frequently we actually mention the words 10,000 hours or where the thought comes from, but it's very infrequently. And, but it's, it's something that does contextualize the conversation and something that we genuinely believe is thought provoking. And I think it's, that's the same is true of hack that entrepreneur, you doing some really great work to kind of rewrite what that word means is it's just so cool man we are a true fan fest we're all just like patting each other on the back <laughs> guys we're yeah. doing it we're doing it we're yeah, changing the world yeah, yeah. okay so i don't want to get too biographical but maybe we can take a step back and uh i am curious how long you've been doing your show but i, I kind of want to hear i feel like i have a sense of it but i want to just hear a little bit more about what you think uh your mission is or what your like reason for being and and uh and that is because you are doing this thing, you're creating this, you're getting people in the door, but like, why? Well, that's a great question. And 
again, like everything else, it's kind of fluid. Um, <laughs> but right now, it's pretty definitive in the fact that I want to enable people to do work that matters. Um, either matters to them or to some segment of the world that they want to somehow help or benefit in some way. Um, I honestly, I feel like we're all alive in this time that has never existed before, um, that we can literally sit in our houses or in our apartments and talk via Skype, record these conversations and literally put them out to the world. Um, and I can write something and I can have 10,000 people read it by tomorrow morning when I wake up. That's insane. That's absolutely totally baffles me and it it blows my mind that 99.999% of the people still just waste all their time on Facebook um, and they don't even acknowledge the fact that just like a couple dudes like started it from somewhere yeah. um, and just like literally coded a website up and they're billionaires and they can do anything they want ever and they can help any part of the world that they ever want and it's like these aren't there's, the gatekeepers have been removed from us, man. It's like I started a show from a tiny town in like a tiny country where I'd never interviewed anybody in my life. And I've started a show that's been downloaded millions of times. I've like partnered with some huge companies now. I've talked to some of the most amazing people in the world. I've written a book that's like sold like 6,000 copies, um, all oh. literally based around just putting in the work. Mm -hmm. um, but I put in a ton of work. I mean, this is my seventh thing I've done today. Um, but I love doing it. And I, I really, I want to just help anybody and kind of kick, I try and say that like my book was something that I wrote to be like the giant boot to just kick people in the ass to finally do something useful, finally do something meaningful mm -hmm. because this time isn't going to come again ever. Um, it's, and I, I honestly believe that in five years and in 10 years that like there's going to be control from either governments or just massive companies are going to buy everything up. Hopefully they can buy up your stuff, maybe. <laughs> but um, other than that, it's still going to, it's going to be hard. There's going to be gatekeepers again because it's really, it, it's fearful for a lot of people because we shouldn't as individuals probably have this much freedom as what someone's going to think at some point. Um, and I don't even care about the politics of it and all that. It's not a conspiracy theory. I just think that we are at this wacky time in history that we can do this stuff and to not do it is like man horrible okay it makes like the stomach hurt <laughs> this man. is so funny i mean of course so. like we're clearly very very aligned on this stuff i mean we've talked even on the show uh <laughs> a bunch of times about the democratization of creativity access and it's i'm fucking hyped about it but what's funny to me is i was writing this ethos for this thing uh there's these guys called uh, Kroig and they have a, an Instagram account called Cafe Racers of Instagram and we did a collaboration with them they're based out of Minneapolis which is where our show is and um, uh, I've been doing like creative direction for Death to Stock I've talked about that on the show several times and it's a really really dope like platform that's basically trying to create images and support artists that are not living a quote unquote stock lifestyle and uh, we did this we did this uh, collaboration with them. They went up the West coast on their bike, whatever, whatever. But the whole ethos is about, it's like called ride or die. And it really, it's just basically starts with like, we all come out of the factory as like a stock, uh, bike, a stock base model human being. And what lays before us is the ultimate opportunity. And at the end of the day, uh, you can either use that opportunity or you can die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so it's just funny to me because that's just like that is that is what is in front of us and that is what is happening 
all day. Sometimes I feel like I, I, I hesitate to like draw too hard of a line, but the line between people who want to do things and people who do do things and people become both of those things and they switch in between and they evolve. But like, it's often reminds me of like people who are almost proselytizing. They have seen the light, but they don't know how to say it. They keep searching for the words to tell other people just how hard slash easy it was to get to where they were. All you have to do is put in the time, but putting in the time takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah, it's simple. It's not easy. Right? Yeah, dude, I feel like War of Art was one of the best, like, best phrased, best structured yeah. uh, packages that that idea has come in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I agree. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's true. And not everybody wants to do it. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm not here to convince people to um, yeah. take the plunge, and lo- like, unless they want to and they just, they have some irrational fear of, lack of security or something and think that there's security in something that they're doing. Um, but then also fearful that they lose their job anyways. So, um, I don't even see it as lack of security. I just, I, I honestly just think people have been just raised to be just consumers constantly yeah. not, and not like I'm not anti-consumer. I, I love buying stuff and traveling and doing things, but I just mean like they don't like to create things. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like to produce their own stuff. Like, all three of us could just be watching Netflix right now, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love Netflix, and I'll probably watch it later, but, I mean, you have to think <laughs> about the producers of those shows get to live very cool lives and get to do very cool things because they are producers and because you are the consumer of it. So just spend some time of your day of your life, like, c- producing something. Mm-hmm. Produce something, at least in some way, like like further further what it is we're trying to do like it's that's all it is to me and like i don't care if you don't want to quit your job and you don't want to transform the world through it but just don't waste all your time just consuming other people's stuff it's to me it's infuriating and it's just it's not the time right now to do that i i do i feel like i can sense vince's I don't want to say pushback here, but I'm just like thinking from Vince. Okay, I'm now I'm putting this perspective on you, Vince. <laughs> Fuck me. But what I was going to no, say is like well, we we come from a place of of privilege in this, and and I think like that has to be recognized to a degree. Absolutely, you know, it's testing on MacBook. Bro. Yeah, exactly. And it's really easy to say like, go change the world, go get up, get up. You know what? But but I think the reality here's the reality, uh, and it's I don't think it's a grim reality. I think it's a liberating reality. Is that regardless. Pretty much regardless of position in whatever context, it's it's not even it's not even to say like anything is possible, but it, it, okay, wait, <laughs> I was going to say, but anything is possible. Uh, but also it's, I think to get too caught up in the idea of like, well, you're coming from this perspective and you know, you have these advantages, whatever, that doesn't matter. That really doesn't matter. It's more to say that no matter what position you're in, you can be turned on to the world, you can be aware and you can push that. You can evolve and you can create things that create change or even, even just being someone who is thoughtful and considerate and, and puts in energy toward that, that is already like making huge change. I think over the course of a lifetime. Yeah. I'm wondering if Vince needs to. Yeah, we do need to. Hear from Vince. Yeah. <laughs> needs to fight back. So I'm going to give him some space. So I'm, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad that we've been friends long enough to, for you to realize that I might. 
end up pushing back a little bit, but it's not, it's really not that strong of a pushback. It's more of a, I would say two part, uh, also consider if you, if you really do love what you do and you're doing it, maybe it's a nine to five, maybe it's not the most creatively stimulating job in the universe, but you do like it. That can be a way for you to be a valuable producer. You can not only satisfy, satisfy like a contribution to society, but also a personal contribution by doing your, your job job. Secondly, if you're someone out there that maybe just likes consuming more than producing, I hope that this show doesn't exist to like demonize or vilify those type of people. But what I would say is as someone who is kind of like that, producing makes you a better and more enriched consumer Hmm. as well. So if, if you're someone who really, really loves reading or really, really loves Netflix, trying to like make your own thing, tell your own story, maybe do a little of your own creative writing or blogging, that can make it a more enriching experience to consume as well. So what I'm really doing is agreeing with you guys and saying everyone out there owes it to themselves <laughs> to try to, to make something and do something. And we have the tools and we have the privilege in the internet age to do that. It makes it really easy. So there's not a lot of excuses not to but don't feel inundated by a, a need to go out and change the world. Yeah, I mean, let me push back on your lack of a pushback, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just I think, but I, it's really just like, even if you are going to consume, 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 that's, there's nothing wrong with it. That's what makes it uh, possible for creators to exist, really. Yes, um, yes. Mostly. But I think it's really just my ask is that you care. Like, what I don't like is the attitude of of the like armchair critic who has nothing productive to do. Really, man, that's I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what I give a shit about a lot of times is what's productive here. And I think a lot of people are just I'm not talking about like working yourself to the bone and like we need to change it's not even about like world transformation necessarily. It's more just about even in your daily life, what is something you can do that is productive versus something that is either reductive or is just sort of, I mean, I don't want to say negative because like, I don't want to just be be like the blinding light of positivity that overshadows like realness. But I do think there are a lot of people who just focus on negativity or criticism and a don't have the perspective that you referenced from being a creator, but B don't have the compassion to, uh, to almost like get over yourself in your criticism and think about, Oh, well maybe it's not about me. I mean, we're speaking in the abstract here, but maybe it's not about me criticizing. I mean, I do this daily too. I, I've, I find myself sometimes complaining about things and it's actually not productive. Some complaints are productive. Other complaints I just think are not productive. <laughs> and we started out this conversation talking about hacking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's true, right? And so the idea, you're like, you're right. The idea isn't just so that everybody can just produce things. Um, and I don't think we're ever going to run into a time where we're all just producing and can't consume anymore. Um, but that'd be amazing. But I, I do think I agree with you, Vince, that, I mean, there's kind of a reason to like be informed even about it, right? Like I just... To me, even just in the simplest sense, I wish people could at least switch their mindset enough to being a producer. Just to like when they use a website, like it's not so foreign to me, the internet, that it like scares me. You know what I mean? Like people never ever think about the people behind Facebook. 
that they spend literally all of their time on it at work, wasting time. Um, and just like, just somehow think of the production behind it. That's all. To me, it really kind of opens up and it will inform you. It will protect you just, I mean, for security reasons, how things work. Just the fact of how somebody built a website, like to spend literally like eight hours a day of your life in a place that you know nothing about because you're so like just consuming and not even thinking about what lies behind it to me is crazy. Mm, it's actually, it's a lot think, like loss yeah. of innocence. It reminds me like it's uh I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who go do realized at a certain point that not everything was hyper controlled and that things could change. And so really you're just sort of trying to, you're trying to spoil the innocence of people so that they might be fired up enough to do something. Yeah. This isn't magical, this stuff at all. This is literally, it's mostly made by broken code of people just in the background fixing it as we go. That's what life is, just iterating on an idea, on an action and trying to make it better tomorrow. Try and make yourself a little bit better tomorrow and you'll be, that's it, man. There's not like a finished product. There's no finished Facebook mm-hmm. that you guys all want to use. Like if you notice and if you pay enough attention, you would notice there's little changes that actually happen throughout the day even. Oh, the man. way the algorithms work, like just understand that a little bit because I think that will empower you. I think that Ooh. will inform you Ooh. and I think that will help you. And the thesis with all of this is that it, if you understand that, it will inform you. Yes, it will make you better. But we will all improve collectively if we're all sort of evolving together and trying to improve things. Better consumers create better creators. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, it's with anything, right? With politics, you should understand the basics of politics. You should understand the basics of economics, how these things happen, because it will make you better at those things. It will give you a better understanding, a fuller understanding. It will make you a more well-rounded person. But don't mm. stop when all of a sudden this place that you literally spent half of your day on, don't stop there. That's crazy to me. But people tend to do it. Mm. It's easy to do is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess the, real, the real hack is don't hack at all. It's, it's, it's study your surroundings. It's understand your motivations for doing things. And it's be more aware of, of what you're creating and what you're consuming. Dude, Vince, I was just thinking uh, the bumper sticker that will come out of this show is going to be Hackers are Hacks. Whoa, whoa, that's actually pretty good. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Okay, so we're talking about um, things changing and evolving and iterating, improving. I can't help but think, Vince, of something that has certainly changed but has been pretty consistent over time. You see where I'm going with this, Vinny? Grant, I'm gonna. I'm kind of getting a wavelength over here, even though we're not in person together. Are you maybe wanting to talk about something that's not particularly germane to the topic at hand, but is connected perilously through a segue of some sort? Yeah, we do want a segue, and that's one thing that I really want. Great. Well, let's do it. <laughs> and and Vince, here's the segue. You take it. <laughs> Hey, we're talking about all those things Grant just said. Now we're also talking about writing utopia. <laughs> oh, yes. As, as I think three self-categorized writers, among other things, obviously, um, you authored a book, so I'm going to go ahead and put you into that sphere. Hopefully you, you won't push back too hard. Uh, one thing that always connects us, kind of, to the medium is what we actually used to write. And sometimes writers like to have these, like, preferences, these sort of idiomatic uh, quirks about how they write and what they write with. We're hoping to shed some light on that for our listeners. So I ask you, Mr. Naster, 
What do you write with when you write? Byword. I'm a big Byword fan. The fuck is that? <laughs> Pardon my I don't language. know what this is. It's a Mac app. Oops. Oh, Such okay. resignation in that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I think this is what you want. Like you want to know my like, like, but that's like that's the software I use. It like blocks out everything else on the screen, just shows you one line at a time as you write, counts your words at the bottom. That's actually that's very interesting. Uh, I'm. I've been see. writing on that for a couple of years. That's cool. Huh. See, this is why I like these questions because. And see, I'm not into hacks, so I literally everybody like people tell me, "Oh, have you tried this new app for writing?" It's like. I don't know, dude. I'm writing quite a bit right now. I think it's good. I don't need to find the next best. Oh, yeah, it's man. It's just, Byword works, man. Byword, I've been using it for years. It just, it updates every now and then. It's, it's literally just got nothing else but writing on it. What else do I need? <sighs> Precisely, man. I mean, that's the, I'm reminded of the, like, Stephen King anecdote about someone inevitably asking at any Q&A what sort of pen or pencil he writes with what kind of fools what kind of pure idiots would ask such a baseline <laughs> question such no, a basic I, ask I, I no, it's a great question i swear we were not trying to get at a hack here i was just curious i i mean mostly because i had a pen in my hand and i i feel like my if i may my writing habits have evolved over the years i i religiously kept notebooks and i kept meeting notebooks and uh, especially as someone with undiagnosed but clearly uh should be diagnosed like adhd ocd tendencies i uh i needed something when i was meeting with people and i was i I used to meet with people more often i feel like but i needed something to do with my hands and i would like little i would sketch while we were meeting because otherwise i would just be so uh so distracted by anything um but so i have these i have like a crate of of these little mini notebooks and journals and things and actually for a while i guess i did uh what is it? The Artist's Way? Are you familiar with this? No. Uh, Julia Cameron. Um, it's an artist, and she has this. She had this program, <laughs> like all of these programs and all of these quote unquote hacks, right? But it's just something to give structure. But it, it's about like uh, reconnecting with your inner artist, or whatever. But it it had a daily writing regimen, and for a while, I was writing like three pages a day by hand, which was super helpful. I found that's pretty cool. So yeah. I, I guess I also use Trello. Um, okay. Like I use Post-it. My, well, my desk, so like for a bigger article and for my book especially and for really like a thousand other projects I do, um, I start with like my desk is literally covered right now in yellow post-it notes. Mm. Um, I become obsessed with yellow post-it notes. So just breaking down bigger ideas into as many post-it notes as I can, arranging them on my desk and then transferring them to a Trello board. Mm. Um, and then I literally just like write from there. So it's not an overwhelming task of writing a book. It's like I'm not even writing a book. It's just like, okay, today I have to write this one and this one. This one's 300 words. This one needs to be 500. Perfect. I can do that. Yeah. Um, so, but then when I actually do the writing, it's in either Byword or the the glamorous of all Google Docs. Google Docs, baby. I love Google Docs. I also love Evernote. Evernote's my fucking jam. Yeah, I'm, I've tried so hard to get my head around that. And Dude, I've been saving <laughs> stuff to it, but I, I, gotta, I just... I, that happened to me too for a while. And I, I, I swear to you, my thought was like, wow, all these like Evernote evangelists, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm so over you guys. But then I did find it to be effective longer term. I mean, it's just like any system, right? Once you start to spend time there and then it becomes more useful. I also do find it helpful though. I mean, there's offline docs, but I just find it helpful for like, I used to keep like text edit documents and it's basically replaced that in a much more organized and achievable way. And it also like acts as my to-do list. 
Oh, so that's cool. Trello, I use Trello as yep. to-do list. So yep. I have different boards for totally, like, man. My, my different whatever things I'm doing. God, yeah. I've been... I'm obsessed with Trello. I love Trello. I've, we've, I've been getting back into, like, we're in a kind of an organization phase, like a scaling and a reorganization phase with that to stock stuff. I've like taken on a more like recurring role, I would say, the past three months. And um, I was on Trello, and now we're on Asana, and then it's like, we've got Google Docs, we've got Dropbox. It's just like, those things are so maddening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry okay and that, uh system orgs chat it's a little mini podcast we do within this podcast within the off topic topic system i was uh, the systems cast the really systems uh, cast. we do touch on it pretty frequently we should get a um we should probably get a theme song soon yeah let's call up colin yeah okay i saw him i saw him this last friday at the show oh Mr. he's he's a great dude he's uh colin fitzpatrick is uh the composer of our theme music Nice. Yes. And a talented artist, quick shout out, uh, part of Peaks here in Minneapolis, the band. Well, quick uh, shout out, he was on episode 81. One. One. Two. 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 82. Vince, tell me about your writing like, a little I bit. I feel like the geezer. I don't have any writing programs online that I use. I that's, just jump on a Google Doc if I ever have to, like, if I'm doing creative writing or taking notes, that's usually what I do. Um, but I'm a big fan of um, doodling and doodling during meetings where I should be taking notes. Uh, and for that, I want to give a shout-out to an actual type of pen. Now, I'm feeling stereotypical. I was hoping you would all have, like, some sort of... I do. I still do. ...up your own butt, like, sort okay. of well, pen. I agree <laughs> pen too quickly there. I agree too quickly there with the up your butt part. I'm not quite <laughs> sure what you mean by that. Go on. Uh, I am really partial, and I have our office manager order these for wow. me specifically. Uniball Onyx roller pens. Dude, I want. Uh, I kind of want to look this up, but I will hesitate. I won't. What, what are the? Do you know? I think. Oh my gosh! Yes, dude, those Uniball pens are incredible. They're very. Okay. very there, good. there are two types of pens. I think I have like legitimately fallen in love with. There's that one, and then there's the the pen that's made out of the recycled water bottles. Have you seen those? <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah, those two just consistently write fantastic. They're just like so flowy. They're great for doodling too. Yes, that's why I love the Uniball, the Onyx. Wow! And uh, to be clear, I, we didn't we didn't um, commiserate about this prior to the cast. Like this is an authentic pen to pen moment. Vince and I are having. <laughs> this isn't like a sponsorship or something. Uh, we thank you, and well, now well, there's the, the mid roll. The mid roll will hit here probably. <laughs> Use the code uh, 10k HRS for 10 percent off, baby. But I I really do love the lightweight like feel of it and you it just feels like you can write so fast with it which is what i really love man i do love that a lot of this too is just about ritual i mean yeah for sure i don't really like taking notes with like on the computer but i didn't used to but like i would end up transferring them to the computer and there are some rituals and it sounds like uh yours is one of them john where you transfer the post-it notes to the Trello boards and there's, it's probably something that's like cathartic. Even like, I, I think my burn list of stuff we have to do for the podcast every week because it's so like, it's just like an activity I do. It feels good. But transcribing my meeting notes into Evernote or into wherever is like never pleasurable. So I just kind of take notes on there now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I man. take notes when I'm doing episodes. I take notes on a piece of paper, uh, like an actual PDF I've created. Um, with certain spots for certain things. Oh, but, nice. So you print it out? I, yeah, it's printed out blank PDFs um, that I created sort of um, in the past year. Because I, I really, uh, well, I can't take notes when I'm 
like on the computer when I'm on it and I can't remember people's names and I can't remember like I like to tie it sort of back to something else. I might do that to you guys later. I might tie something back that you said earlier on and you'll be like, whoa, that guy like totally has great memory. It's like, no, I just take notes because yeah. um, <laughs> I can't otherwise like um, so it's like- something I do, but I, but I just use like a, a Bic round stick. <laughs> Sorry. Respect. No, don't apologize. You're hey, fine. Never. I, don't you dare apologize. It, it's funny. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm Canadian. That's all I'm. Supposed to say. Well, we're Minnesotan. We are so close. I, I'm flipping through my uh, note, and I can. I literally have. This is mostly just for uh, podcasts. I, Alastair Humphreys. I have D. Schwen on here. It's just I take podcast notes the same way, and it is yeah. about that ritual. Uh, uh, sometimes I don't even need to write it, but just like doing it makes me feel comfortable enough to talk on the mic. We've been doing it with like awesome. weird whispering. You guys are awesome. <laughs> oh, likewise, bro. Thanks, man. It's been a really fun episode so far, and I God, I'm just nervous that it's going to tank at the end. We do have a tendency to do that to our guests. Yeah, but... it seems like we hit that point about 15 minutes ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, you, you would <laughs> yeah, know, man. Well, this is long form right, comedy. Right. See, long form comedy. Respect. Exactly. Respect. Wow. He's beating us at our own game. <sighs> I think better before he takes over the show entirely. Flip it to this very call and response part of the program where we ask you two specific questions uh, and we ask you to answer them in order. What do you think about that, Mr. Naster? Let's do it. Great. Well, they're coming at you. (laughs) Ready yourself. (laughs) The first, if you'd be so generous, is to tell us and our listeners, how can those listening support you? Uh, Go to Hack the Entrepreneur. Subscribe to the show. Listen. Uh, tell me if it actually is about hacking entrepreneurs, or if it's just a catchy title. <laughs> See if I'm completely deluded myself over the past 200 episodes, or if it actually is how I think it is. Ah, juicy rationalization over the course of a couple years of your life. You're a brave man to bring that up. <laughs> I feel like if we were to ask that question, we'd be like, just just write us in and praise us. Yeah. <laughs> We we actually have we hired someone specifically to screen emails and then turn all the negative words to positive and then they send them along to us. We're fragile millennials beyond our control, uh, but that is great and generous advice. Definitely go to hack the entrepreneur uh, and hey maybe maybe just maybe check out your book as well. It's been out since December right here. Yeah, yeah. Fourth, yes. Is it still forthcoming or is it fourth came? It, it's fourth came. Okay. It's here. It has arrived. Hmm. Respect. Awesome. Uh, and, our, and our next question for you is, if you'd like our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would you want that to be? We were talking about hacking, just to remind you. <laughs> um, I, I think it's to, at least in one tiny small aspect of your life, irrelevant of where you are in time or space um, and how much you love your job, um, just try in one small aspect to transform your mindset from uh, consumer to producer. It's mm. all I ask. It's all I ask. Whatever happens after that, I, I don't care, but I think good things will come from it. I mean, res- respect. And I, yeah, that's a good point. I don't think it is just, it's not just for entrepreneurs. I know your thing is called hack the entrepreneur, but I mean, you can have a, that sort of mindset. I mean, that is the, the mindset of an entrepreneur is a producer, someone who makes something, who creates something new. I think you can have that within a job or within a lot of aspects of your life. 
Yeah, I've interviewed people who have jobs. I've interviewed people who are just artists. Um, I honestly, truly think entrepreneurship is literally just the creation of something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do with it after that is irrelevant, I think, in the idea of entrepreneurship. Ooh. And yes, absolutely. And even if you just, again, broaden that or like take a step back into life, uh, having that mindset will create so much more for you. And will man, it's just like... Uh, so much opportunity there for growth. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think that's, I would constitute that as generous advice. It's, um, it's a kind of, I don't want to over categorize it, but a call to arms to people to continually raise the collective bar of, of contribution of art and of entrepreneurialism. It's a tough word to say. And of uh, just creative thought in general. If, if we have more creators, it creates more diverse work and better work. And we should all seek to at least tap into that in our personal lives in some way. Yes, exactly. Preach, my friend. Preach. It's not even a sale. It's not like you're selling someone something. If anything, we're we're just trying to sell people themselves. <laughs> totally. Yeah, just the, the idea of it. Just do it yourself. Just do something. I don't know. Do something fun. Cool. Well, you heard the man. Go turn off this episode. Go play video games with your daughter. Yeah, now you can stop consuming stuff. Yeah, we shouldn't tell people to stop consuming things right in the middle of a podcast, should we? They don't even listen to this part of it now. They stop. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, we've... Oh, God, they missed out on the juicy part. (laughs) What have we done? What have we done? They'll never know what kind of pens we use. (laughs) Which, in a lot of ways, we haven't talked about this, but that is the key to success. Is having a good pen or having the same (laughs) pen that Stephen King uses. Yeah, it's true. Fuck. But in some ways, it is turning off the podcasts, at least occasionally, and making one yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, occasionally make your own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, thank you, John, so much for being on the show, for everything that you do. You do cool work. You have a great message, and we appreciate that you shared it with us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, man. What a, a blast. Tr- what a treat. What a, ooh, blast. Hashtag blast. That'll make it into, into this episode description. Yes. And, and Mr. Naster, since we started with such formal language, I, was, I don't think we call our guests by a Mr., Miss, or Mrs. <laughs> That's like, a, I don't know why we started doing it this episode. But I think we, it was yeah. like an insecurity around pronouncing your last name that sort of <laughs> developed into a formal uh, conversation. Uh, well, an informal conversation, but a formal um, addressment. Addressment? Vince, did I use that right? I actually don't know. Probably not. I don't think addressment is a word, so probably no. Ah, we'll show notes that. I think it probably is. We'll link to the dictionary.com definition. But, Mr. Naster, ah, it seems so very much in your mission or your idea of hacking and all these other things to have action. And we very much believe in action versus just words. And so we like to end the show, wait, with words? But wait, words that imply action. <laughs> Son of a, son of a. So could you leave us with a couple of words for our audience, for us? And those two words are ship it. Ship it. Okay.